In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC. Hey everybody, this is Doug Robertson of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution with another edition of the podcast Southern Fried Soccer. I'm coming to you from Toyota Park in Bridgeview, Illinois, where Atlanta United has defeated Chicago 2-1 this Saturday. I'm joined, as always, by Jason Longshore of 92.9 and SoccerDownHere.com. How are you, Jason? Doing well. I still have a little bit of a voice. That was <laughs> uh, an entertaining final, what, 20 minutes or so? Yeah, yeah. Let's do some context first. The win moves Atlanta United into first place in the MLS East. They lead the league in points per game, 2.44, goals scored, and goal difference. They have a huge game on Wednesday at Mercedes-Benz Stadium against Sporting KC, which is won tonight and is in first place in the West, followed by a trip to Orlando City on Sunday. Uh, they have a game tomorrow, but through this week, they've won four consecutive games. Five consecutive. Five consecutive. Yeah, okay, they're, I thought it was four they've consecutive. Won five in a row. The interesting thing about it, though, is they don't play Wednesday. Right. Yep, they are off. But let's talk about this game. Uh, goals were scored by Ezekiel Barco, his very first goal for Atlanta United in the 53rd minute. Four minutes later, Joseph Martinez had what amounted to a tap-in. Miguel Amaron had the assist on Ezekiel Barco. Darlington Nagby and Greg Garza had the assist on Martinez's goals. Yeah, and Almiron actually got that whole play started with another big defensive play. Miguel Almiron at the start of the second half was everywhere defensively. And the, the biggest stat to me that I found in this match was eight tackles attempted for Miguel Almiron tonight. He won all eight of them. Yeah, he led the league or the team by a long way in tackles. He was my man of the match. I know the team he went was with Darlington Nagby, um, which I, I found a little curious because this was another one of those games where I just kind of forgot that he was even out there. Uh, but that's good. more of a reflection on me than him. No, very good. I mean, Nagby does so much that's under the radar. What I loved about Nagby was the presence in that moment when Garza slips him in to realize that he really needed to get Martinez a goal tonight. You want to keep feeding Martinez. You want to keep keeping him engaged in the match. We know he was frustrated when he comes off. I think Joseph Martinez, if he doesn't score five goals in a match, he's going to be frustrated when he comes off. <laughs> right. That's okay. But I think Nagby realized that, you know what, I could try to beat Sanchez here. It's better for everybody, better for this team, if I get it to Joseph and let him get this goal and get on the board. That was Nagby's seventh goal of the season. He leads the league. Uh, Almiron is second uh, with six goals. Almiron's leading an assist now, right? Yeah, I think he's leading an assist, too, without knowing what's going on in the other game tonight. I think he's in the lead. Um, you know, Martinez being taken off in the 70-something minute uh, is a reflection of them trying to shore up the midfield yeah. as well as two more big games this week. Yeah. Uh, so nothing to read into. No, nothing at all. And, and nothing to read into. Yes, Joseph Martinez, I think, punched a, one of the bench seats in front of him. 
I, I think he was slow to come off the field. Big deal. He's always slow to come <laughs> off the field. That's what you want in that situation. One, I want somebody who's competitive. Two, I want somebody who knows the moment. And he's, he should have taken his time in that situation because he needed to slow everything down for this team. And they were able to see a way to, to get out of it because they did give up a goal that cut the lead in half pretty soon after Martinez's goal. And it was kind of on the ropes there for a while at the end. Yeah, and Lenny United could – this is another one of those games, and I say this every week, that at the end of the first half, Lenny United could have been down 3-1. to one. It could have been tied 3-3. Three to three. Uh, Franco Escobar cleared one off. It looked like it was the I line. I think it was wide. But Parkhurst thought it was wide. I did too. Um, but Lenny Naughty could not break out uh, in that first half. Had great difficulty. Uh, Chicago's press, which I don't think Lenny Naughty had expected, uh, came in. Schweinsteiger, you could mm-hmm. see him orchestrating it all over the field until he just kind of ran out of gas. Yeah. Um, but then Martino said they made an adjustment at halftime. Instead of Lorenowitz becoming the outlet guy, playing as a center back, when the team got the ball, they moved Lornowitz behind Chicago's front three, and he moved into space. And once they're able to break through that line, then they're able to start getting forward again. Those are the little things that this team is getting so good at, little simple moves like that. And let's go back to the first goal with Barco. First half, that exact same situation presented itself, and Al Marone didn't see Barco off his left shoulder. Right. Yep. Tried to make that. a chance for himself. Second half, when it comes up, he feeds Barco, and Barco gets the goal. Uh, yeah, and, and Almiron not seeing someone to his left is a little bit odd because that's the only direction <laughs> he ever moves. Although he did have another right-footed pass tonight. That's two in two weeks. He did, and he had a nice run late where he split two defenders yeah, on the right side on, of the box. Like he had a turbo strap to his yeah. back on that one. Uh, I thought he was going to score on that. So, now, Atlanta United has won three road games already. They won four all of last season. It took a long time for Atlanta United to secure a playoff spot, and they're already in first place in the East. Martino, speaking to him after the game, said it's simply a matter of chemistry and getting to know each other just a little bit more. Last year at this point, they were together for four and a half months. Yeah, I mean, it's a different team, and the matches that we think of last year on the road, the big results were... You know, the Vishalba goal in Orlando, but you think about the Kansas City game where you find a goal late that's an ugly Jacob match. Peterson, yep. The Philadelphia game where you find a goal late with Tyrone Mears. Yep. Those games are becoming wins now. And right. it's felt like this team has really progressed on the road this season. First game was awful. Next one in Minnesota was not pretty, but a result. Then in L.A., they should have put it away a little bit earlier, but they kept L.A. off the board. And this one, they get two, and they needed both of them because we know how Chicago is coming back late in matches, and they threw everything forward, even bringing on Jonathan Campbell as a second target forward at the end and trying to take advantage of Atlanta's lack of height. Didn't matter. Atlanta was able to see the game out. And Alan Cristiano Ronaldo Gordon came on and made Jason very happy. He came on uh, about <laughs> the 60th minute, too. He came on yeah. early. And it was just, I wonder about Chicago because I feel like they could, I feel like they have the pieces to be further along than they are. But they desperately need a number 10. They've got to go find a number 10. And when we Well, hear, Torres is allegedly the guy. And he's not a 10. And he, for me, I'm not playing Fernando Torres over Nemanja Nikolic right now. 
I thought Atlanta United did a very good job against Nikolic and Katai. They only had one shot on goal between yep. them. They had several shots, but only one that was actually on frame. Yep. Uh, I thought Franco Escobar looked sharp. He was outstanding. Tonight. He was aggressive. He was aware. I, I, he... He had a weird look to him, and I couldn't figure out what it was for a while until I realized that his shirt was untucked, and the referees never made him tuck it back in. <laughs> uh, so that I don't, that's just a weird thing that I noticed. Uh, but again, got crunched by Brad Guzan in the penalty box late in the game. They think Tata, I believe, said he think it's a rib thing. I'll take that. Yeah, I was worried well, about the head because it looked like the way he, he kind of got up and went back down and got yeah. up and went back down and. A little disappointed in Schweinsteiger at the end there because he had a perfect view of what was going on with Escobar getting up, trying to get up, going back down. I mean, it was obvious it wasn't play acting. And he went ahead and lobbed one into the box anyway when he could have played it out and they could have regained possession. But neither here nor there at this Yeah, point. that's kind of changed now. Teams aren't required to do that They're anymore. not. The referee, I feel like that's a situation where Drew Fisher should know what's going on with a player like Escobar coming off of a head injury because we thought it was a head injury. It looked like it was with the way Gazan came out on him. I'm not Drew Fisher was uh, – I'm not sure Drew Fisher was aware of too many things tonight. Inconsistent. Oh, horrible. Uh, the first half, there were twice two Atlanta United players got pushed down, and I'm blind as a bat, and I could see it plain as day. And both times, he just waved it off. And then he called a really soft foul against Katai that gave Chicago a free kick late that almost created a chance. Right, and Martino said this on the record. Chicago's goal was a result of an error by Fisher. There was something on the throw-in. Yeah. It was an illegal throw or something, and it wasn't called. Yeah. Um, and his assistants were really slow on offside calls. Just once again, a subpar performance from an MLS crew. Let's talk about the rest of the East really quick before we wrap this up. Um, NYCFC, third loss in four games, I think now, or at least second in three games. Second in three. Uh, and just looked absolutely flat in a derby. Yeah. Yeah, and that's not the first time they've looked that way in this in this derby. I mean, it's just a really weird situation with NYCFC. And, you know, you wonder about Patrick Vieira in these moments. Yeah. And you wonder if there's just something not clicking with either the message he's giving the team or, or what's happening. But they should not go down and give up two goals in the first three minutes right. against your biggest rival. Right. And they were... Kind of soft, yeah. Goals too. Yeah, it's just unforgivable to, to start that way in a match that means something like that. I don't think there's any way that Atlanta and Orlando starts like that next Sunday. I think no, I, I would be surprised. Fireworks all over the place. Yeah, it's going to be blood and guts. Yeah, type that's, of a game. That's going to be a fun one. These next two, you get the best team in the West come into town, and they won one nil over Colorado tonight, but they hit the post four times. Mm-hmm. So Kansas City with Johnny Russell, really dangerous player. Shallowy got the goal tonight. Kyrie Shelton with his speed. It's a pretty balanced team, mm-hmm. even without Felipe Gutierrez. So that'll be a good one on Wednesday. But then Orlando, they play RSL tomorrow. They could be coming in with six wins in a row. They should. RSL won or lost last week. Man, it seems like RSL they, they, they wins ultra, big or loses yeah. big. It's win-loss, win-loss, win, all season for them. Yeah, so inconsistent, RSL. I think Orlando gets the win there, and I think it sets up the game of the year for MLS next Sunday yeah. in Orlando. 
And I still think the top four teams in the East are better than anybody in the West at this point. Where I'm at right now with MLS, I think your your elite three, it's Atlanta United. I, I would probably say Toronto right now, even though you know you're still getting back into the swing of things and you have a ton of injuries. Beating Philadelphia isn't a sign of but I a team that's back. I can't put NYC in that number two spot after a loss like today. And I think then it's Kansas City and Orlando, the next two Atlanta opponents who are trying to make their case to be in the elite. Kansas City is, has beat up the Western Conference, which is weaker. Orlando is on a winning streak, but they haven't really beaten anybody. Right. Both of those teams have a lot to prove against Atlanta United in these next two games. All right, we're going to wrap this up. There's a lot of music in the background because they have a special event, a very special event, a very cool event going on in the field right now. Um, So, Jason, what do you have upcoming? Uh, Back at Soccer Down Here, Monday, 9 a.m. We'll get into this one. We're actually taking a trip down to Statesboro to see uh, South Georgia Tormenta for their kickoff party for their season. They play in the Open Cup on Wednesday. But 9 to 11, Monday to Friday, all week, blogtalkradio.com slash soccer down here. All right. And I've already posted my man of the match, the player ratings, the by the numbers, a short AJC game story, and a longer my AJC game story. I'm going to post this for you. Uh, well, by the time you hear it, it will have already posted. Uh, <laughs> I hope so. And then I'll probably have five observations off this game tomorrow afternoon before we fly back to Atlanta. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC, on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now, and I hope you'll subscribe to this podcast, Southern Fried Soccer, on iTunes. Once again, Atlanta United 2-1 over the Chicago Fire on goals from Ezekiel Barco and Joseph Martinez. The win pushes Atlanta United into first place in the MLS East with a game against Sporting Kansas City on Wednesday and at Orlando City next Sunday. I'm Ernie Suggs, racing culture reporter for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. And I'm Ned Ravone, lifestyle columnist. Atlanta has been known as the Black Mecca for so many years, but that means something different to everybody. It means everything to me. I've been living here for 24 years, and I am still amazed at how rich the city's Black culture continues to grow. Every day I wake up, I learn something new. Well, you all can learn something new by subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's new newsletter called Unapologetically ATL. It's all about the people, the events, and the entertainment happening in Metro Atlanta that Black people might want to know about. Like historically black colleges and universities. Atlanta's thriving art scene. And the city's growing neighborhoods. Wherever you live, we want to hear from you. We want to hear what issues are important to you. So subscribe today at www.ajc.com slash unapologetically ATL. Only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Constitution.